On 10th July 2016, a young girl mysteriously disappeared from the town of Korsor in Sweden. The community rallied together in one of the largest volunteer-led searches the country had ever seen. People combed the streets, jungles, and even checked water bodies in hopes of finding the missing girl safe and sound. However, as the days turned into weeks and weeks into months, a sense of dread settled upon the people, fearing that something terrible might have happened to her. The disappearance of Emily Meng was one of the well-known cases in the country of Sweden. Not only because of the nature of the crime, but it was one of the rare cases when the police could not find any distinctive evidence which could lead them to the murderer. Her family started losing hope, realizing that they might never obtain the closure that they desperately sought for their beloved child. But it wasn't until seven years later when the killer went out to find his prey and was caught in the middle of his horrible act of crime. I am Dhanvi and welcome to Shades of Macabre, a podcast that aims to bring you some of the most horrifying and gruesome murder cases from across the world. This week, we set our destination to Sweden to listen to one of the most shocking cases in their recent history. Korsor is a home to 16,000 residents and among them lived Emily, a 17-year-old girl with her family. They were regular churchgoers, and Emily herself was part of the choir group that sang there on Sundays. On 9th July 2016, Emily and her friends decided to visit a nearby town, Slelels, to celebrate the end of their high school journey. While in Slelels, the three friends visited a shisha cafe and later went to McDonald's. The girls were kind well-mannered and respectful during their trip, as noted by several witnesses. There were no reports of alcohol or drug use during their trip either. According to an article written by Michael East under True Crime Detective on Medium, he mentions that during the later part of the trip, the atmosphere changed when the girls were hanging out in McDonald's. Emily had received a Facebook message from a boy who had decided to end their relationship. Although they were never officially together, Emily was understandably upset upon receiving the message. The girls returned to Corsor on the same day, travelling by train. It took them around 9 minutes to reach Corsor from Slelel's station, where they disembarked at approximately 3.53am. While Emily's friends decided to take a cab to their respective homes, she chose to walk the 2.5-kilometer distance to her house. Throughout her walk, Emily continued to text her friends until her phone's battery died. She informed them that she was going to take a small street between the station and the highway to reach quicker. Since she was supposed to reach late, her parents and her siblings had fallen asleep and had planned to meet her directly in the church 
at 9:30 a.m. on Sunday, 10th July 2016. But when she failed to appear at the church, her mother grew concerned and began searching for her missing daughter. On the same day, 10th of July 2016, Emily was officially reported as missing. Initially, rumors spread before the news reached the public, stating that Emily had decided to run away after having troubles in her love life, but were quickly debunked when the official news were released. Some of these rumors also suggested that even after she went missing, her Facebook account was still active, suggesting that she might still be alive. The messages that she had received were marked as red but on 12th july 2016 that although her facebook account showed activity in the chat panel there was no sign of any activity on her entire profile on wednesday 13th july 2016 her family set up a fundraiser to reward the person who can provide information about emily's whereabouts eventually The family managed to raise approximately 200,000 Danish krone or around $30,000 before the case reached a standstill. Even though Kursor has a significant number of residents, the town had never witnessed such a crime. One of Emily's friends stated that she saw Emily walking down the road when they passed her in their cab, but didn't think much of it. because Corsor is a relatively safe place saying that quote it's Corsor almost nothing happens here unquote what followed was one of the biggest volunteer searches in Sweden hundreds of people gathered to help find the missing Emily as the case gained attention throughout the country people in Corsor started searching the forests and lakes volunteers even searched the areas around the sea since Corsor is a coastal town according to an article published by dagens.dk one of the denmark's largest news websites multiple witnesses came forward stating that on the morning of 10th of july they came across a white van running on the narrow streets of the town a lot of the joggers had to jump to the side to stay off the van's path A musician also came forward and reported seeing a light-colored van near an outlet store just a few hundred meters away from the station where Emily was last seen. On the same day, the day Emily disappeared, a large fire broke out in a factory complex in the town. A 15-year-old boy was charged with arson in connection to the incident. This coincidence fueled speculation that Emily might be inside that complex however after a thorough investigation the involvement of the teenager was ruled out closing one of the many leads that the police pursued during the investigation the police developed three theories one emily had decided to live somewhere else for a while two that she met with an accident before she could reach home and 3 that she was a victim of a crime even with multiple posters distributed to raise awareness about her disappearance and with tips received none of them resulted in any prominent information which could help find emily 
two months after her disappearance, the volunteers had received permission to check private areas for search to find any clue related to Emily. The administrator of the Facebook group dedicated to search for Emily spent a lot of time trying to gather all the permissions to search the private grounds. She intended to find her phone or her bag, something that can help them distinguish the path she might have taken or help them narrow down a suspect with strong evidence. One of the neighbors suspected a 67-year-old man named Finn Peterson, as his house often had strange noises coming from it, suggesting that Emily might be there. His house was searched twice before police ruled out any involvement of the man in the case when they couldn't find any information related to Emily at all. The man, who was supportive from the start, expressed his desire to help find the girl, but also found it absurd that the locals pride in his life. After ruling out Finn Peterson, the police soon identified their primary suspect in the case. According to an article by Berlingsk Media, a 33-year-old truck driver from the Kolding area was charged with manslaughter of the 18-year-old Emily Meng in August 2016. The suspect, named Emil by the media outlets, was arrested on 30th of August. While he was interrogated, 16 police officers searched his house in Slelels, the same town the three girls visited before Emily went missing. They checked his alibi and seized all his electronic equipment, including his phone and computer, to navigate whether he was the main guy who was responsible for Emily's disappearance. Emil was reported to the police by a former friend who found Emil's reaction to the disappearance suspicious. The police searched the area near the house to find a newly excavated land in hopes of finding Emily there. But that also led nowhere. The police were adamant about finding any evidence which would frame Emil, especially due to his previous records as he had spent three years in prison for committing a crime against a minor. They also had their eyes on Emil due to his profession. Since he was a truck driver, he could travel anywhere he wanted implying that he might have been in the town the night Emily went missing. But all of this led to nowhere. When the police checked the GPS of his truck, they found out that he was not even in the country on the day Emily went missing, due to which he was declared not guilty and was released back to his hometown. Emil later spoke to the media about his involvement in the crime. According to his interview with BT, a Danish tabloid newspaper, he disappointingly says that the police could have checked his alibi properly before arresting him and causing inconvenience to his family members. Five months had passed since her disappearance, and despite numerous leads, extensive poster distribution, and one of the largest volunteer searches, there were no signs of Emily. People started giving up hope speculating that Emily might have been a victim of an unfortunate crime. And sadly, that quickly became true 
when on Christmas Eve of 2016, six months after Emily went missing, a dog walker reportedly found a decomposing body in a small lake of Regnemark's Bakay near Borup, a town which was only 50 kilometers from Korsor. The police did not release any information about the identity of the body when the body was found. But within a few days, they confirmed that it was the body that belonged to Emily Meng. With Emily's body in their possession, the police focused on investigating the location where she was found. According to police reports, it was determined that Emily had been killed shortly after her disappearance on 10th of July and then disposed of in the lake. The area where she was discovered was not frequented by visitors. On 17th January 2017, with her family and friends, Emily was laid to rest in a private ceremony in the same church where she sang in the church choir. Until now, along with Emily's body, the police had also gathered an important piece of evidence. The white van, which was seen by various people on the morning when she went missing, was now identified. The CCTV footage gathered from the railway station had a car, but it was unidentifiable due to the low resolution of the video. To get a better look, it was sent to other international organizations that could enhance it and result in a clearer footage. In an official statement released on 20th of June 2017, six months after they found Emily, the police announced that they were looking for a white Hyundai i30. released between 2011 to 2016 in another statement released on 4th of october 2017 the police mentioned that a witness saw someone lifting a heavy object out of a white car near the lake but this seems to be the end of things the witness stated that they saw a small to medium light colored car which was parked and had its tailgate open A man was also seen standing next to the car that looked like he was lifting a heavy object. With the statement released, the police hoped that there might be more witnesses who would come forward. At a certain point, the police were able to get 250 tips in a single day, but none of them resulted in any significant progress during the investigation. Having narrowed down the list of potential owners of a white Hyundai i30, the police began questioning 2000 individuals who owned such cars and collected their DNA samples. The police gathered 1450 DNA samples, some of whom were family members, her friends, and other people of interests. But they were unable to match any of the samples. According to an article released by Degis Three months after Emily was found, the police received a very potential tip about the bag that Emily was carrying the day she went missing. But there are no reports on what were the contents of the bag or if the police ever found it. By this time, Emily's parents asked the volunteers to take down the posters which were distributed across the country and thanked everyone for not giving up on finding her. On 28th of June 2018, the truck driver Amil was arrested for raping a 9-year-old kid. 
the police started reinvestigating his connection with Emily's case, but ultimately he was ruled out, but was fortunately charged for raping a minor. Now, there are a few controversies around Emily's case. Her case was, as I said, probably one of the rare cases in Denmark when the police had no solid evidence or any leads to find the one who was responsible for killing her. Even after years with telephonic interviews, hundreds of DNA samples and looking into any important tips that they received from the public, the police were unable to catch the one who kidnapped and killed her. It is believed that Emily's body was not immediately disposed of in the lake where it was eventually found. Initially, the area where her body was discovered was thought to be secluded and not frequently visited. However, a former forensic pathologist who now leases land near the lake where Emily was found states that he or his staff would have seen something out of the ordinary when they would take their cows for gazing around the area. The condition of her body was also not as per what the forensic pathologist suggested. Her body did not go through any of the stages that suggested that she might have been inside the water for more than five months and stated that disintegrating any kind of DNA from her body would be impossible. One of the theories which gained a lot of attention from the media was the involvement of a previously convicted murderer named Peter Madsen, also known as the Sambarine Killer. Madsen killed a Swedish freelance journalist named Kim Wall inside his private submarine that he constructed himself. Previously known as a great inventor, the now-convicted killer had a few similarities with Emily's case. He also owned a white van and was seen driving the same car around the time of her disappearance. Though it's never made clear whether he was there in the same town or nearby when she was abducted, there was no evidence to associate him with Emily's case. Hence, this theory also came to a dead end. On a side note, if you do want to know this interesting story of how he constructed a submarine on his own, only to kill the freelance journalist who was covering his story, you can watch the true crime documentary film on Netflix named Into the Deep that covers this case extensively. Despite the details available to the police, Emily's case remained unsolved. Since 2016, after Emily's body was found, there had been no significant breakthroughs. With the white car seen by numerous witnesses and captured on CCTV being the primary lead. However, by 2018, no further progress had been made, and it seemed that Emily's case had reached a dead end. It wasn't until the perpetrator resurfaced years later, committing the same crime. According to the news published by Berlings Media, on the morning of 15th April 2023, a 13-year-old girl named Philippa was missing. She was last seen distributing newspapers in the small village of Kirkup, which is only 27 kilometers away from Kursor. Her father last spoke to her at 11.30 a.m. and he didn't hear from her ever since. At around 2 p.m., she was reported missing. Once the people in the village found out about her disappearance, 
they quickly got on the streets and started searching for her. Meanwhile, the police wasted no time and started searching all the areas she went to, retracing her steps around the village. The police soon found her belongings near the village church that included her bicycle, purse, and mobile phone. There were no signs that the cycle was driven to the church, suggesting that all her items were thrown once she was taken. Over 300 residents joined the search for the missing girl by evening. The police actively used Twitter to request any leads from the public and provided a description of Philippa, saying, quote, she was approximately 172 cm tall, slim, and had long, light-colored hair. She was last seen wearing blue jogging clothes. Since time was of the essence here, the police wasted none to find the girl alive. They asked the residents to submit any dashcam footage that they had. They were in the field with drones and dogs and even had a helicopter to search from the air. Everyone was scared for the girl. They wanted to find her as soon as they could so that she would not become another name among the missing people in Denmark. The efforts of the police and residents of the village proved fruitful when after 27 hours of rigorous search the police found Philippa alive at a nearby house of a local man According to an article by the Copenhagen Post the efforts of the police and the residents of the village were hailed for their quick response due to which Philippa was found safe and sound and had received no injuries The case bore striking similarities to a previous unsolved murder mystery that had shaken the country to its core. The disappearance of Emily Meng, which had occurred 7 years ago. The location of the recent kidnapping couldn't help but draw attention to this resemblance both among the residents and the police. The local man was soon arrested for kidnapping the girl and was taken in for interrogation. Among his possessions they discovered that he also owned a white Hyundai i30 manufactured between 2011 and 2016 The Danish police were able to locate the car but it was not at his house in his town or even in the same country The culprit was able to dispose the car in Slovakia which was about 1000 kilometers from Denmark However The police successfully located it, confirming its connection to the kidnapping of Emily and the disposal of a body. The accused, who was unnamed by media outlets, faced several charges. According to a comprehensive report by TV2 covering both the cases, the culprit was also involved in the attempted kidnapping and attempted rape of a 15-year-old secondary school student in November 2022. Remember the number of people who submitted their DNA for Emily's case? Multiple reports suggest that the culprit was also one of them who had also given his DNA sample. But since Emily's body was inside a lake for half a year, the DNA sample that was collected was not probable enough to get any kind of a match. But after 7 years and with the advancement of DNA analysis, Forensic experts are now confident that they can start analyzing the DNA samples together 
and get a positive outcome. As the case proceeded to trial, new details surrounding Emily's death emerged. The official cause of her demise was determined to be suffocation. Furthermore, it was also revealed that the 15-year-old student had endured multiple stomach punches and threats with a knife, which was witnessed by several passers-by. Though the culprit never really admitted to the charges related to Emily's case or assaulting the 15-year-old girl, he partially admitted to kidnapping the 13-year-old in 2023. According to the judges, since the culprit might be responsible for one of the most well-known cases in the country, the trial for the case would be held behind closed doors so that there is no hindrance in any future investigation. If my calculations are correct and if the culprit is found guilty of all the charges, which do seem likely, then the culprit was only 25 years old when he kidnapped and killed Emily. Only 25 years. The now 32-year-old culprit had the following charges against him. Long-term deprivation of liberty and rape of the 13-year-old girl. Deprivation of liberty, rape and murder of Emily Meng. Deprivation of liberty and attempted rape of the 15-year-old student. So far, the 32-year-old man has only partially agreed to the charges that were pressed against him. But since this case is yet to reach a verdict, the information about those charges has not been made public. According to an article by Burlings Media, the culprit had decided to remain in custody voluntarily, whereas according to the law, a culprit can only be jailed for four weeks before a judge needs to assess again whether the culprit should remain in custody or can be sent out on a bail. The latest court hearing was supposed to be on 6th of July, but that has been postponed. As of now, there is no critical verdict that suggests that the culprit, who is currently in their custody, is the one who killed Emily. The case should be reaching its end soon, with a new hearing date and with more evidence that can be presented in the court. But what do you think? Did he really kill Emily back in 2016? Or do you think that someone else is out there who has somehow managed to dodge the police and the public and is still roaming free? Let us know your thoughts on the case. With new announcements related to Emily Meng's case, I will share an update once there is a definitive verdict at the end. Till then, you can reach out to us on our social media and know more about several other cases that we have previously covered. If you want to look at the images related to this case, check out our Instagram and Twitter at Shades of Macabre. We'll be back next week with another horrifying case. Till then, take care and be safe.